0: Books on. Books on the brain. (laughs) Well I will go what are you what? The message
1: wouldn't go away from my screen, but I'm done now. Okay. Oh my god, okay, ready?
0: Welcome back to Books on the Brain. A podcast of Books and Nonsense. I'm Danielle. And I'm Deirdre. And we are here to help you go to sleep. And I were pitching ideas back and forth of like a low stakes, just like how's everybody doing? And we were like, uh let's do a get unready with me podcast, nice and short. You can listen to it right before bed or whenever you listen, that is up to you. Um, Whenever, but Danielle
1: and I are going to be doing face masks and skincare stuff as we chat.
0: Yeah, I'm freshly clean and I have my face mask here. What are you putting on? Um, okay, so I brought, I also washed my face, which doesn't happen often. I don't like washing my face. Uh, but I use the Tatcha Rice rice Polish, the classic. I really mm. like it. It's very smooth. Face mask wise, I'm using the freezing mask from Sephora. Why? Because it's cold and I'm hot <laughs> and yeah. my face is always red. And this just, it feels cold even though you don't put it in the fridge. And if you put it in the fridge, it's like extra cold, which I love. Ooh. that's what I'm it's just like a moisture thing like if you like you know like the what the what is it called the like blue cream that you get from Walmart that looks like water I I don't know it's like that that's what it feels like okay anyway continue what are you using (laughs) (laughs)
1: um i did my double cleansing system with dermalogica pre-cleanse and special cleansing gel and i'm using the dr jart tiger grass calming serum Mask. fancy everyone can
0: see
1: it um because as you can see i have this giant friend on my chin who has been enraged for days uh, and is finally calming down. We've got most of it out, so.
0: Woo, 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 fun. Okay, we're going to both attempt to put these on. So the object of today's episode is we're just going to shoot the poop about bookish things that have been happening, because there's been a lot <laughs> that has been happening. Yeah. Um, mostly in, like, this is not a treat um mostly <laughs> in like the book to movie or tv show adaptation space there's been a lot of news
1: yes yes um shall we get one of the controversial topics out of the way before we get into yeah, the fun sure, stuff? sure 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 um because this is i guess this is kind of acting as our like april book news and i don't think did we do we didn't do a march book news thing either
0: who knows Um. I'm
1: sorry So we don't have many topics, but this is kind of acting as that with with, uh, this topic in particular. Um, Some of you, if you were on TikTok, may have seen the conversation circling about some... I don't even remember the creator's name. (laughs) I know, I'm about to put this on. It's going to look scary. Um, (laughs) Some creator who was kind of whining that they felt like they couldn't make content about, quote, problematic authors. And I believe they specifically named, like, Sarah, Janet, and um, Joanne. The Karens of the literary (laughs) world. (laughs) Uh, Because (laughs) they felt like they would be judged for making content about those books even though they like them
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're talking
1: about Mm. such serious stuff i know (laughs) as we're like applying these face masks um (laughs) and for obvious reasons people were like look yeah do what you want like if you're gonna make content about those authors do it and if you can't handle the consequences that's on you but yeah. also, if you are recognizing that there are issues within the books that some of your favorite authors write, and you're not willing to publicly grapple with that, yeah, um, that's also on you.
0: It's like, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Like, you can't be woke yeah. to, the, to the injustices of the world and be like, but I also want to read the book I like. Like, <sighs> this is... It's it's really frustrating because there are people who, who, like, on any space on the internet are continuing to talk about these authors, and they're making, like... That's the thing. There are plenty of people
1: whose entire platforms are Sarah J. Maas, Harry Potter, um uh, Jennifer L. Armentrout, mm-hmm. like, all these people who people have pointed out, like, things in their books that, you know, are harmful
0: yep.
1: in the real world. Um... And more, Jay Kristoff, and you know, at the end of the day, no one's going around being like, "Why are you posting about that person?" Like a lot of us move on, and we follow the people we want to follow.
0: Yeah, it's just like a block. It's like okay, bye. And like if it's a mutual, whatever. Like those ones are always harder to deal with because you're like, yeah, I do love this person, but like, it's it's tough. Like it's and actually ties into the something I want to talk about later, but I won't talk well we'll frame this with controversial things um but it's like (laughs) to see people getting upset they're like i'm being oppressed to not talk about my favorite authors it's like are you being oppressed or are people like just calling you out on the bs and then you're like oh i don't like when people are mad at me
1: there are books being banned there are in this country right now Like, there is legislation being moved against books that are helping people, that are detrimental to the development and health Mm
0: -hmm. of
1: youth in this country. And, like, some people are going to hear that and be like, that's a little excessive for some fiction books. But, like, no, it's not. (laughs)
0: Like... And, and I think, so to have people be like mm, I can't post about mer, mer, mer. there are bigger fish to fry. There are like even just in literary space let alone in other spaces. Like it's so <laughs> like we because of social media and technology we have so much access to things we didn't. So like to see all of the courtrooms where like drag queens are going to uh, advocate and talk to Congress or like municipal whatever um mm-hmm. or even like librarians and teachers going to talk about books being banned and these like incredibly conservative men, usually white men are like this book um and it's always like the most unproblematic queer books i'm like there are problematic books absolutely but you wanting to ban um i think i saw one recently for Meet Earl and the Dying Girl, I think that's what it's called. Mm. It's just like YA, they got a a movie adaptation, but they're like, This is the sexual content in this. I'm like, It's crazy because I'm like, To see these men and like what points they'll bring up, I'm like, And then people are like, I can't talk about my fairy. I'm like, (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Like, it's so annoying. And just, I chose a lot of privilege, I suppose, like, that you can be upset by this.
1: Yeah. And I almost feel, I feel, like, two ways. Like, I feel annoyed that we're giving this conversation more airtime. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it is important to talk about. Because it is. people need to know that, like, yeah, there are consequences. There are plenty of people, mm-hmm. J- Janet. Um, Janet. Janet. No, what's Joanne? What's she, What's Joanne? That's who Joanne. I meant. I didn't mean Janet. I meant Joanne. Um, who are not facing the consequences of their actions
0: at all? <laughs> uh, I feel like I should just jump into controversial topic number two. I haven't Let's even told you about this. Um, so there was a video that came out this past week by this YouTuber mm-hmm. called Contra Points. Have you heard of them? No. So she is this youtuber that puts out youtube videos like maybe once a year um but they're like long video style or like video essay style videos um gotcha. so she is a trans creator so she recently like 3 years ago she 3 or 2 years ago she put out a video about jk rowling which was mostly mm-hmm. just talking about like what a turf is which was like mm-hmm. great for people who didn't know but then she yep. recently came out with a video on The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling and I was like oh I gotta watch this oh I gotta watch this because she was actually asked by the people who produced the podcast to be on it (laughs) and she was on it she talks about her experience how she was interviewed on it because they wanted to get other people's opinions on it um, Mm -hmm. or like contrary opinions to what J.K. thought and she was like I didn't love it and she talks like I love the way that she talks about she talks about like Um, I can't remember her last name. Anita whatever. She was, like, a big anti-person for the gay rights movement. And she was, Mm -hmm. like, a spokesperson for Florida Orange Juice. (laughs) And she was, like, this pageant woman who was... I'm gonna get rid of this thing, because it's annoying me. Can I not? (laughs) No. I'm done. Sensory overload. Um... (laughs) I in a minute. Um, so this woman was like trying. This Anita woman back in the seventies or, so or whatever was like, "Gay rights can't happen." <laughs> I I'm I love gay people, but like if gay rights happens, our kids and it's like these same talking points of what's being used against the trans community today. And I was like, mm-hmm. the parallels are very interesting. So uh, Natalie, who is this YouTuber, she talks about like, a lot of the main talking points for TERFs and for uh, people who are, like, very anti-trans and mm-hmm. how none of what they talk about makes sense. And, like, she just so much of it. And I was like, oh, my God, we should all be watching that. Like, this, it was, like, I was, like, it was just such a great follow-up to kind of what had been happening. It's, like, people can't be in the middle, is what she basically said. And Right. But, like, the thesis of her video is, like, well, I'm no longer in the center, even though, like, politically, maybe that's more where I fall. You can't right. be in the center. And like I was like, oh my gosh, everybody needs to watch this. I'll put it in the show notes, but it's long. It's like two hours. <laughs> like it's a fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, but it's so good. It's so good. Um, and just to hear someone whose actual lived experience is like what is happening, talk about these yeah, talking yeah. points and how hurtful they are, and actually showing proof of like this is how this person. Is transphobic and like it's often like the biggest talking point against J.K. Rowling is like say one show me one thing that J.K. Rowling has done that is transphobic like show me one thing, and it's like it's hard to prove someone's transphobic when they don't believe trans people exist. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, like it was all like it was just like the you guys got to watch it, you got to watch it, it is life changing. I was like, this is what we all need to see. All the people who are like on the fence about like oh, but I love nostalgia of Harry Potter. They need to see this. <laughs> Which I feel like yeah. is the same demographic of people who are like, can I have my cake and eat it too about these controversial books?
1: Right. And I saw, I think it was Sim Kern uh put out a video over the last two weeks or so. Yeah. um, Or within the last two weeks or so that was talking about how it it is becoming a problem that we're lumping joanne in with other other quote-unquote problematic authors and we've Uh talked about this in the podcast before like if you're new here this is something we've we've talked about since the beginning is this word problematic and how problematic that word alone is because it's so neutral like the word itself is just a neutral blanket statement yeah and it allows for zero nuance
0: well, because, like, what she's doing isn't problematic because it goes beyond that, right? Like, right. It's harmful. It's hate crime area. Like, it's it's not great. Yeah. Um, But anyway, that was... It's a small thing. I just was like, this Uh, ContraPoints YouTube video was like... And I'm like, I don't want to... <sighs> It's that, like, borderline thing where I'm, like, I don't want to take up space in this conversation, but I also want every freaking person on the internet to watch it. Right. So I'm, like, I'm just trying to drag people back to there because I think it's important. I think it's important. Um, it is important. What? That was, that was oh. the only
1: two points thing. I had I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast. Tell me. Um, But I I started a note on my phone way back when of things for book news, and I had one thing in there, and I just remembered. <laughs> okay, what was? That? Um, so this was from back in March. Um, I have a Twitter thread pulled up. Shocker. Ooh, okay. Um, this person Brenda Romero. Um, okay. I'm just gonna like read the. Tweets verbatim. This is about the book Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle. Oh, Zeta. yes.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: So, this direct reading. Regarding Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, my uncredited work is in the book Solution, which is a game, is by the author's own admission, a take on my game Train. She uses the same theme, gameplay patterns, releases the game at the same location, MIT, and even uses the same language I use to describe it. It's a game about complicity. My work is not credited in her book, although her book includes extensive credits. She only acknowledges it was my work when the New York Times and Wired magazine prompted her to. It may seem like a small thing to be bothered about, but to me it's not. Train is likely the best game I'll ever make. It matters to me. I spent a lot of time researching it, talking with the community it represents, and making something I felt was worthy Nothing yeah. was taken for granted to have a game lifted without attribution. A game about the Holocaust, for goodness sakes. It's just unacceptable. I'm oh, posting dang. this because I've seen many devs talking about it, uh, about having read it on the way to GDC, which I think is a con. Um, a theme in the book is how women struggle to get credit for their work. Um oh, no. <laughs> Update. The Washington Post spoke with Knopf, publisher of Tomorrow Times 3. They stand by Zeven and are apparently unwilling to credit me, noting... The only games listed in the author's acknowledgments are video games. Board games don't count. Um sorry, if I said earlier that Brenda made a video game, I was wrong. It was a board game. Uh further to note that Train was undistributed. How does that apply to other singular works of art like paintings, for instance? This is very dis- this is very disappointing response, particularly from a novelist who writes about women not receiving credit. Watch this space. Um, train has been played by hundreds of people and viewed by thousands in museums from the u.s to spain to the uk to finland um and as someone who read the book at the beginning of this year and talked so highly of it i was very surprised yeah um to read that because i am uh what's the word famously mm-hmm. <laughs> uh known for not playing many games um, both board and video sure, 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 um, sure. <laughs> and like it's just a space that I'm not in so when that was circulating I was just very surprised and kind of upset I was like wow I um, don't want to talk about this book as much anymore yeah Um, and it was one of my favorite reads of the year Mm -hmm. when i read it like i gave it five stars i thought it was really great but that really does make me reassess it especially as somebody that like is a woman in the arts and constantly grapples with like the question of credit and um acknowledgement ownership like all of that like things we've talked about on the podcast
0: before my question is like if she was acknowledging video games why not just acknowledge the board like was it because she had to pay royalties to them or something like i don't like it seems so strange to me that she would acknowledge some and then not everybody that seems strange right and
1: at the end of the day like she did end up acknowledging that train influence solution um but like too little too late so why wouldn't like the it's weird to me that she was like prompted to admit it but then in this um response from the publisher
0: yeah they
1: still kind of skirted around it when it's like it's already out there
0: and it's like like, for me that would be like a selling point of buying I don't mean I own the book already but like I was like hey like this person is like no this person deserves credit Okay, I'm gonna go look into it. This is cool that they were able to like see that a mistake was made and own up to it.
1: right. Um, I don't know. And like they said, like it's it's about the Holocaust. Like the character in the book, there's so much like personal stuff that's intertwined with the creation of that game. And I can only imagine that some of that was also true for train. Yeah. yeesh.
0: It's like, oh. Eek eek eesh, 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 not good. Um well, boo, but also at least the person spoke up. So good job for speaking Yeah. For I'm yourself.
1: Glad. Um, I'm just gonna say I'm using the Summer Fridays lip butter bomb
0: This is
1: I think it's vanilla is the one that I use. I'm obsessed with this. Yeah. I like it more than the Laneige sleep Whoa. mask
0: Whoa. i did not like
1: the i mean i didn't like the litage sleep mask to begin with Fair. um but this is so much better and i use it all day every day
0: <laughs> yo i use the so blister nice. stuff that i get from shoppers mm. because it's so good i was putting on before i was putting on the belief water bomb true cream aqua bomb cream it's just mm-hmm. like literally a water cream um nice. And then, like when I actually go to bed, bed I'll put on the Clinique Moisture Surge overnight mask because I do love that. A nice. very good Clinique was truly something I stole from my mother's medicine cabinet and then never stopped using.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I love Clinique. It like does it smell like old lady? Yeah, but it's my old lady. Um, the
1: Moisture Surge line, yeah, is so good. Also, I use the Take the Day Off oil cleanser to take my makeup off.
0: Is that the purple? Mhm. Yeah. I have that as I well. I
1: love it. I use the the oil with the pump
0: top. Oh, okay. I'm I obsessed. use the
1: <laughs> the bomb.
0: Yeah, which I don't it's messy. Um it's messy.
1: It is. I mean the oil is messy too.
0: It's good for stage makeup because I'm like if I'm cuz if I wear like makeup day yeah. to day, it's mascara and I'm not going to use bomb for that cuz it looks like a, a raccoon murder victim. Yep. Um
1: but <laughs> murder victim it
0: does it does it does um okay we also wanted to talk about so here are the things there are two. there are, okay so ballad of Songs and snakes dropped its teaser trailer or yeah. first trailer i don't know what first, little girl i feel like it was a full trailer i feel like one. it wasn't a teaser it was either. freaking long it was the whole first 200 pages of that book really yeah i know because you famously read it famously took me a year to read it (laughs) famously literally took me a year to read it like start to finish a year um and i have some controversial opinions one i don't love i don't love that um 'Cause it was this whole thing on Twitter. I don't know if oh my gosh, there's no much cat hair now. Um, I don't know if you were following the whole, like, there's a part in the trailer where Rachel's Rachel Ziegler um mm-hmm. bows, like Katniss bows <laughs> in catching fire. Right. And yes. that is not in the book. <laughs> and that was something that Rachel was on Twitter saying, I improvised and they kept it. And here's the thing the implications of it in the literary sense seems preposterous I'm like then it sets up this whole like it's uh it's confirming what so many people are like oh she they knew about Katniss like all this stuff like these conspiracy theories about like have you seen about
1: Katniss oh my
0: god there's this whole conspiracy theory that in the first Hunger Games movie the only name in the drum was Katniss's or was Prim's name (laughs) was like a conspiracy Uh to get to um volunteer for her sister or have prim go and die like the conspiracy theories that have like bloomed out of this hunger games renaissance is wild so i'm like this rachel ziegler who is this girl from district 12 yes there's no as far as we know in the literary sense no relation between her name's lucy song lucy songbird i think or something lucy something um and Cadmus, as far as we know right um, and if there is i don't like it <laughs> i don't like it i'm like cuz then it's like what is it a genetic thing is it a personal vendetta against this family then it just like makes this whole societal revolt into something way more personal which i don't really like cuz there's something about the hunger games being mm. so communal that i right. dig, that i dig with um and if i hear Literally one more person say president snow's hot, I will be committing on the side <laughs> I will. I hope they don't for your sake. For, well, it's not gonna be my sake. It's gonna be one person in my vicinity's sake. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um I you know I hate that man. You know mm-hmm. I hate that man. And I, I feel like the only other person who's on the same page as me is Bridge. <laughs> i hate this man and i'm like i hate this man too the book does a pretty good job of like letting us know that he's the bad guy even though it does paint him as the protagonist which is like it's hard not to sympathize with him when you're trained to sympathize with protagonists especially in a space where it's like the protagonist is always the good guy in the YA space so it was i feel like it's so hard though because we know who he turns into and that's the thing it's like it's like he they try to give us a little bit of sympathy and then by the end he's irredeemable, which like sets the right. the rest of the series well. But there's parts in the beginning where I'm like, I know what you do and I don't like it. Um mm. but just because he looks like a freaking I don't know, frat boy, freaking Draco Malfoy. Wannabe. Wannabe, the girlies are like, Ooh. and I'm like, he is a mass murder genocidal poo-poo we hate um yeah. although we get to see tigress and i love tigress and tigress is being played by the girl from euphoria which like is going to be i think i don't know if tigress is openly trans but the actor is so first mm-hmm. trans person among your games kind of slay It's so exciting and rachel's also poc so it's like yes we're living our full And lives, she's from New Jersey. And she's very nice. I've never met her, but she seems very nice. My parasocial relationship with her is she seems very nice.
1: She seems nice. Um, Yeah, I didn't read the book. Uh, at this point, have not I haven't been excited for it. It's funny. I had a conversation with one of my coworkers today, and I think she wanted me to have a different response than I did. She was like, I just <laughs> ordered the book. I'm so excited, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I saw the trailer and I felt nothing here's the thing like, like like I'll be honest I watched that trailer and I was like okay and I I felt I felt nothing and I've seen so many people posting and I, in my memory yeah the people whose recommendations I usually agree with and trust and know like the things I like and don't like yeah did not like that book
0: I like could probably count on one hand the amount of people who actually liked that book because it also and came she out like, at the oh worst. Oh my god!
1: One. I know. And she was like, "All my friends liked it. I'm so excited!" Da da da. And I was like, "I'm so sorry. I'm not giving you the reaction you wanted." Because this is I
0: my didn't. not excited. This is my controversial. This is another controversial. Thing. The girlies that are excited for the Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes are what our generation would have been. The people who are really excited about like. The Damon Elena part of the love triangle, like the bad boy, and the and the like, like it feels very much that, like, oh, sure, we're giving the bad guy and he's redeemable, but this bad guy is not redeemable, like, it's not. And if they make him redeemable, Mm-mm. they can't, they can't, like, knowing what we know, they can't. Um, and it's not like, and the problem with it being a prequel is like, they can't even be like here's all this stuff that happens between the end of the movie and then the start of the Hunger Games because we don't get to see them. (laughs) Like, you gotta, he's gotta be Snow by the time the movie ends, which then leads me to believe, why does it take him so long to do something? Because that guy's old in the Hunger Games. Yeah. Because it's like, what? uh, The 10th and Hunger Games? I think it's the 10th. And then she's in the 74th? That's a lot of years. Yeah. 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 That's a lot. Of why was he why was he waiting so long? Dude, what's going on? I know. What's going on? I know. Uh so many questions that will never be answered. And also kid, okay, my biggest thing and I talked about this when I read the book was like the best part of the Hunger Games in my opinion other than like the love triangle whatever whatever is yep. the actual games. By far right. the most interesting. The games in this stupid little book. Oh, I don't even have the book. I don't know where the book is. <laughs> It's just a Um it
1: is. Uh, for anybody that's only listening to this, I would highly recommend you <laughs> go watch just for that moment. Because that was hilarious.
0: Actually, I do know where the book the book is sitting in my trunk with about 13 other naked hardbacks because we did a number for Matilda from a musical theater class where they needed books. So nice. I took third. So uh there are a couple in here that are just just
1: um, the dust jacket. Just
0: dust jacket. So I, because you know, like organization is obviously very important to me. So I needed to know exactly where those books go back on the shelf. <laughs> um, anyway, the Hunger Games, like the games part of that book, less than a hundred pages. Also, like from the trailer, looks like a dumpster, like a, <laughs> a dumpster in the desert. Like I know, right? I was like, what is this? Because I was imagining when I read the book, she was giving like football stadium. Like, like, like that's what oh, I was imagining and a couple okay. other people were like yeah that's also what I kind of pictured because it's like they have no money there's no whatever the games right. actually last for like the games are not the most exciting part of that book but then it's like what is right. nothing the book's boring <laughs> the book sucks uh, don't tell Suzanne Collins I said that Um, but or do I mean yeah tell her where's she been for the past 10 years written this no excuse where's the Haymitch book Where's, Where's the Haymitch book? Or the Finnick book. Like, you kill him, you owe us. You That's don't owe me anything, Is it, it
1: feels like, me. like, the way people describe Lucy. Yeah. I don't understand her connection. And it feels weird that there isn't a connection to the original trilogy. Like, I'm like Lucy... I would have, I would have seen, I would have been so much more interested if it was a Haymitch Book and we we led into i would have been perfectly happy if she was gonna take us into like maybe in order of the people we meet in book two. Oh
0: how all of their would that games be? i would love that like
1: like, like a people like Hamish finnick um may the, let's,
0: meg's the uh, old lady
1: yes her the um
0: the BC two that pair off
1: mm-hmm. oh, joanne joanna oh
0: yeah any of that would love, would love, um, like, what Lucy is, like, she's just a YN stand-in for Katniss, like, she, um, basically becomes, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil, but, like, I mean is it spoiling it's quiet like you know what's gonna happen by the end of that book like they yeah it's it's not a happy ending because isn't art. Hamish
1: the only isn't Hamish the only other winner from
0: District 12 yes um so yes um it's this whole th- it's like yes he is because he's the only person who lives in the Victor Village whatever it's called uh is that what it's called I think so okay
1: I've read the books in so long um, i know so talking, many people like, can, per- we,
0: can we talk about how many people were rereading the hugger games over the last month i know and like the amount of people who were like who forgot that Peta is an amputee in the second and third book they were like i'm like you guys yeah they like magically got rid of the fact that he's an amputee which is not great no
1: and um it reminded me that when I did my first like purge of my home <gasps> collection at my parents, you get rid of I know I got rid of the third book because I hated it so much.
0: So I only own books one and two. <laughs> first of all, I love that for you. There's nothing truer to your brand. I love that. Like never
1: I know. Really it. it feels really weird that I'm like fine having a complete incomplete series like that. Yeah honestly I i'm I've fine
0: i don't think i've reread mocking jay since the first time i read it to be honest with you i haven't reread the series since the first time i read it i she had her yeah i did i've, I've reread and the I first would, two books i would like to times. i think i want to reread them like before like i think i want to reread them and then do a movie marathon i think that would be fun yeah um but should also... we should we do that oh <gasps> yes love that but you, you'll have to deal with me through mocking because i will be insufferable are you kidding here's the thing like like ha- got rid of her That's- copy i know but i am i complain so much have i read the book what two years ago and i'm still complaining about it um <laughs> but i think maybe we'll balance each other out it will just be like Probably. a communal like we hate this so much yeah. um but let's do it if you guys want to follow along on our hunger games reread uh you have to go rebuy a copy of mocking Because we know you all got rid of yours as well
1: no no i'll be renting that from the library
0: good for you do you want to read the prequel
1: i guess (laughs) i just don't want it to take a year (laughs)
0: Remember, it took me a year to read the audiobook.
1: It <laughs> wasn't even the physical book. It uh, took me a
0: year to read the audiobook.
1: How, wh- how would we do it? Do you want to read the prequel first? Or do you want to read the trilogy first and then the prequel? I
0: think mean, the trilogy first and the prequel. i uh, Mostly because then if I read the, the prequel first, I won't get to the trilogy. <laughs> the chances of me DNFing Songbirds is very Also, funny. we have
1: so much. To, like, we could do the movie marathon in between reading.
0: Aw, like a little class project.
1: Like, yeah and then you because the movie doesn't come out for a while
0: that's true and even if it doesn't matter it's gonna be so different (laughs) it's gonna be so different um yeah I am not I'm excited because I love the Hunger Games I love the institution of the Hunger Games it is such a it feels like the only part of my childhood that has been left like undisturbed by the waves of people being terrible (laughs) like and it's weird because the whole principle is kids chilling killing each other but I'm like it's the only it's the only property that I feel like I can open chest be like yeah I love the Hunger Games um which is strange but yeah (laughs) I don't know I just if I see like if I see one edit on TikTok of like a sexy corn corn Corn- his name's not Cornelius, because that's the guy from Thumbelina. Corne- Cornel- I thought his
1: name
0: I thought his name was Cornelius. Let me look at the Cor Corneolanus, I believe is how you say it. C-O-R-I-O-L-A-N-U-S oh. C-O-R-I-O-L-A- oh. <laughs> like anus isn't it? <laughs> oh <laughs> you
1: gotta, an you gotta, anus. You gotta
0: emphasize the anus, Coriolanus. anus. <laughs> Venus. Oh my god. <laughs> oh speaking of no, not speaking of Venus. Um, guess what comes out in August? <laughs> bad transition, bad segue. That's not good. Sorry, it's fine. Here's the it's thing, fine. I'm not excited for it. I feel like every time we get, I'm not excited for it. I feel like I my am... feelings are gonna be hurt. <laughs> and remember. Red, white, and royal blue was not my favorite. That's what
1: we're talking about, everybody. We're talking about the red, white, and royal blue um, poster
0: that was released. Their shoes look so cheap. They look like H&M velvet $20 shoes. I disagree. I think you need to take a second look. (laughs) I saw them and I was like, could they not have gotten them like a nicer shoe?
1: Oh, it's because it's edited so bad. Like whatever the reason, they so, look cheap. Those two um, men are
0: high Henry's, status. Henry men Henry's
1: shoes are patent leather. Um and the editing on it makes it look like a cartoon shoe.
0: It like I was like, this looks bad. <laughs> like this looks like bad.
1: <laughs> but also it's the black shoe with the navy on the sock.
0: Mm, maybe yes yes
1: that's like that's that's what's killing me
0: and my problem is and this is a hot take is the chemistry between your two lead actors so bad that you had to release a promo with their faces not in it what was the reason what was the reason for the feet pick what was the reason for the (laughs) feet who asked for that I don't see their dog I know I am
1: kind of sad we didn't get like a recreation of the book cover
0: yeah or like a still like I would have loved to see the still or like because is that the official movie trailer (laughs) like the poster for the movie or is that just a sneak peek because if it's I think it might
1: just be a sneak peek
0: I don't know part of the iconicness in my opinion of the red red Red, Red, white and royal blue cover is the pink like the pink I know is so iconic, especially to Casey's brand, which tells me like Casey did not have a lot of say in this of like <laughs> the darkest, most drab colors. It's like oh I
1: my know god. it's very po- politician. Which is not what this book
0: like which it's, is not what this book is about. The succession girlies are coming for that, they're not gonna find it, and they're gonna find no. s- some turkeys, and they're gonna find <gasps> the turkeys <laughs> gonna find the I turkeys.
1: swear to god, if they cut the turkey scene, I will lose my
0: mind they can't like they already cut because i saw someone talking about like why <laughs> the red were all blue like a super fan they're like why it's all red flags so well, there's not a single green flag in this movie and i was like oh. <laughs> and they're like it's because they've combined so many of the characters it's like the character of the reporter and the guy that alex meets in college whatever have been combined into the same character and i was like why? that's like and, and like, because then it's like there's already
1: not a lot of characters in that book,
0: and there's honestly there's, there's not. Lot of there's plot. like a there's core... a lot of letter writing, which is like also the plot of Fifty Shades of Grey, where there's a lot of letter writing for most, of them, which is fine. But like, I if if you were to tell me the one thing that they're like we have too much of in this book was blot, wouldn't, wouldn't believe you.
1: No, can we talk about all the book to movie adaptations that feature letter writing? Romances, yeah. specifically? Bands with the Opera. Oh. It does. Um, P.S. I Love You. Yep. To um, all the
0: Boys. Love and Gelato. She's reading uh-huh. her mom's diary, I think. All the Boys. Fifty Shades. They send emails. Fifty where she says letters, baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Twilight, when Bella sends all of those letters to Alice, or the emails and they don't send. Oh. Yep. How embarrassing. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any more.
1: But that's still a lot.
0: There's, like, t- and, like, for me, and, like, I can think of some, like, like, one to watch has, like, t- and even, like, uh, what's the one, the other plus-size one that we like better? The fanfiction one. The Cupgate Date. Oh oh oh! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Thank you. <laughs> um, yes, you would. <laughs> you're just like I didn't know the <laughs> cupcake. It was
1: donuts, not cupcakes. Oh, sorry, actually. sorry, sorry,
0: sorry, sorry. Um, you're you're lucky I remembered. I... I think about that book. I was, I was like, like, what
1: then. are you talking <laughs> about?
0: But. Like that whole thing because there's that format of like the Ao3 fanfic or like in One to Watch it's like the Twitter threads and the whatever whatever where it's like right. we've graduated from letter writing into like there's other ways we can show text but it's like kind of cool which I hate. Yeah, if I see one more like, uh, <laughs> it started popping up in Kindle Unlimited books where people will have like the text bubbles when they're texting each other, and I'm like, I don't. I don't want to see it (laughs) I don't want to see it just you can describe it they said this like it's easy one sentence yeah
1: I like when it's for like I like when the page is formatted sure with sans the text bubbles because then like if I'm especially if I'm physically reading it it makes it easy for me to understand that it's like through text messages and like who's saying what rather than being like John texted This is true. I responded. Like it just cuts out all that exposition stuff and gets right to what I like to read.
0: (laughs) This is true. It feels very much like a graphic novel function, which is fine. But then I wanted you to go the whole nine yards. I want like pretty end covers and stuff. Right.
1: Speaking of graphic
0: novels, (gasps) what? We got news oh, about yeah. Heartstopper season two true. everyone's so excited but i'm like have y'all not read the comics bad things are coming
1: i know <laughs>
0: things are coming. I,
1: oh god i all i remember from finishing that series was wow i got no trigger warnings
0: and that's the thing i think now maybe they're more widely talked about but even when i was because i recommended them to you and i also yeah. didn't give you any content warnings because, like, it really doesn't start picking up a lot of steam until, like, end of book two. Book three. Book th- well, book three, book four. Uh, yeah. this It gets a little bit more... Ooh. but like Intense. It's, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot, especially if you're a casual reader. And, like, if I read yeah. that when I was a teenager, I would have some problems. <laughs> I would have some problems yeah. with that. Yes, little girl.
1: But I'm super excited for season two. I loved season one. It's going to be good. Lo- it was so perfect.
0: It is going to be good. Have you watched Shadow and Bone? I have watched season Shadow and two. Bone. I have. Oh, I have. Thought? I know you liked it. I did. You didn't? I don't know. I <laughs> don't think I liked it. But I think I was so blindsided that I couldn't come off of the fact that I was so blindsided. Um, I think we were blindsided by the same thing. I think we can talk about it. If you haven't watched Shadow and Bone, go watch it. Come back. Is that okay? Can we talk about it?
1: Yeah, I would like to.
0: The fact that they killed Daniel before him and Jenya got married... I have not like I literally have not recovered from it.
1: We like, deserve <laughs> a wedding. We not bare minimum. I deserve, deserve. We were given it. You yeah. cannot take it away from us. That's Lee so Bardugo. rude. It's rude. It is rude, and it also and uncalled like, for. There is so much that David does. Oh, so much, like in the book universe. Yeah, that how how could you get rid of him so soon? How how are you going to
0: justify that? It just like sucks because he's like one of the only like very obviously neurodivergent people in the show, and they're like kill him off. And I was like, yeah, "Yeah." bye. I was like, I because like I we love David on this podcast. We irrationally this is a David Stan account. (laughs) We 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 love David. Uh, I have a a sticker of David on my laptop to this day I love David um I just was like so like like my stomach because I still can't even like reread the Grisha books at all because of that like no. he, he is like my I don't it just was too much and like for yeah. that to happen so early in the show I'm like I have no motivation to watch anything else ever no my feelings are hurt. because David's the best and like, what what happened to Zhenya now? Who is she gonna end up with? Like, it just was like, and then the whole thing with Mal at the end of the season, and and Elena Which, and famously, and I have never
1: been on his side. So
0: no, but at least the TV version of him is a little bit better. Like, I find him, uh, at least passable if I like put on my YA rose colored glasses. The TV version of him is okay, um, but sure, the fact that because. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I really stopped paying attention after David died. Elena ends yeah. up with Nikolai, as far as we know, at the end of the TV show, or it's hinted. No, at? what happens at the end? Because maybe I haven't. Um, I think. Just tell me. I'm not. Re- I'm not.
1: Watching I'm it. trying to remember, because the end of the last episode is like is where we really veer into breaking from the end of the the original so, trilogy yeah. and setting up the crows um mal leaves I don't I if in my mind they ended their engagement because the last scene of the show is his coronation and Jenya um Zoya and what's her face are Alina are there with him like all three of them are there yeah it didn't seem like to me that Alina was like his Mm. consort
0: no and I'm not saying that I but it feels like because Mal leaves right like Mal is not currently where Alina is that it's like very much they're setting up like Mal's not coming back and it's like we know we read the book we know Mal is the end game for Alina um as far as we know because who knows the books don't really seem to matter (laughs) which sucks um but except for the crows (laughs) except for the crows have to be word for word verbatim um because i feel like i feel like they've set up the crows in a way that but i feel like it makes sense i think they set them up in the only way that they could is what i will say diplomatically do I think sure. that we are going to miss out on, like, the Jesper Weiland, like, flirty banter of the first book? Yeah. yeah. they're already in this, like, committed I, loving yeah. relationship. I, I think like, they they, oh. they went too fast. They went too fast with that. It's like, part of this, part of the whole beauty of his, like, Jesper, through the beginning of that, or through the first book, really, in the beginning of the second, he's both coming to terms with, like, his gender, sexuality identity, and also his, like, Grisha identity. Uh, which is such a beautiful, like, co-tandem arc.
1: Uh, Which does make me interested for what they're going to do with the Crows, specifically him, because it feels like he is really settled into his Grisha identity and his sexuality that I'm like, ooh, are we going to get kind of, like, maybe a more mature version of these characters from that book? Which, like, that was my biggest.
0: Yeah absolutely critique
1: of the book was that so much of it felt so big and yet a lot of the reason these the things were falling apart was because the characters felt too immature
0: well because like and i don't know how many times i've like obviously, Lee go wrote these as older characters, and then to sell it as YA, she had to make them younger. Like, she originally wrote these books with these people being, and it it, it is, like, in the bones of the book. These people, like, yeah. who lets a 17-year-old run a freaking, like, gang? Like, no, but, like, these are older characters, quite obviously. Yeah. Um, and even all of just, like, the, like, marriage stuff that happens in the King of Scars stuff, I'm like, these are not children. <laughs> like, this is, uh, these are older people. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. I don't know. It feels like... Because do they get what's-his-face out of prison? No. So you still have to go get him out. Yeah. And I feel like I have no connection to him now. Like, I feel like this entire season was a waste of, like, all of the chemistry that they built up between Nina and Matthias in the first season.
1: I disagree, though, because I feel like we spent... A lot of time in this season, really understanding Nina's, like, hurt. Like, she wants to help him so badly. She she loves him so much. And that's where we meet them in the book. And I feel like, yeah. at least for those two characters, we're going to get the, I want to fucking kill you because you put me in this prison. And she's like, I love you and I don't care.
0: That's true. That is true.
1: Like, I think they did build up that relationship dynamic in that, in season two.
0: That's fair. Like, they built up eggs. I just, like, it felt like too long. It's like for them to meet and fall in love in the span of, like, what? Three quarters of the first season? And then for them the entire second season to, like, see each other once? It just, yeah. like, chronologically was, like, this seems like they don't see each other for a very long time. Um, which could be true. I don't know the timelines in the books, but I was like it feels like it slowed down the momentum for me personally. But alas. Alas, mass I, mean, I also love them. I do too. So But if they make one more like poorly written Nina Waffle joke, it's on site. It's on site.
1: Bop bop bop.
0: I just like <laughs> do they say waffle? Do they sell waffles? <laughs> I love waffles that's all I feel like Nina says and I'm like we do she likes waffles come on give her something else
1: come on give her something else give anything else,
0: else. anything else maybe she likes pancakes one day I don't know she, she would never but I don't know just anything <laughs> she would never
1: treat on waffles like that
0: no 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 um <laughs> okay we're drawing to a close what are you reading buddy boy we
1: are. oh my god so many things I read happy place last week Ugh. um I have mixed feelings I'm not gonna get into it Um, I acknowledge that I let other people's opinions color mine before I headed into it, and I wish I had not done that because I think I would have enjoyed it more. My biggest critique of the book is this: it was filled with so many like what I'm calling Emily Henry cliches, like where there it's like the two characters that are in love are in a moment together, and one specifically was like, we've always been like uh like too close like we we've always been like one and (laughs) I was like what and then like a couple things happen and then she basically rewords that sentence and says it again and I'm like we get it they feel like they are connected at the hip that the the lines between their bodies are blurred we get it um And it's like those type of cliches. It felt like they were like smushed into this book. That I was like, okay, we could take a couple of these out because I think the really fun thing about this book is it's not just focusing on a romantic entanglement. It is so heavily based in friendship and the like love of a found family. Yeah, that a lot of the relation, like love relationship stuff. Or romantic relationship stuff got in the way of that
0: yeah because even like i'm i think i'm like 25 pages in, like two chapters in and like for me the most interesting thing is the friendships like the second that the, yeah. the love interest shows up i'm like my tummy hurts <laughs> you shouldn't be here
1: i know and uh, honestly i don't like him <laughs> he's he, i think he's my least favorite he um, seems like a
0: butt face so far i'm i i'm again 25 pages in but i'm not loving him i think at that point
1: which is why I don't mind spoiling this. Yeah, tell me. You already understand that he, like, silences so much her a lot. And I hate that. Or and like, it continues. Like, he'll just cut her off or, like, he'll stop her from talking. And I'm like, hmm. Not
0: in 2023.
1: Red flag.
0: So. And I don't love that, like, the first thing that we hear from, I don't even remember her name, the protagonist's name.
1: Harriet. Harriet.
0: Um, is that he's never called her a pet name he only ever calls her harriet and then he's like Shh, love bug like all these sh- pet names i'm like this just, just seems like maybe there's bigger wouldn't, singleism but like your friends
1: wouldn't your friends be like
0: why are you doing that you never yeah. call her that that's what i was thinking i was like this seems strange and like so i know heading in it's not like the big romance that everyone's expecting it to be which is fine like i don't think it needs to be um no. I just don't think I like the, the love interest, which is kind of sucks because Emily Henry's love interests are usually pretty slum dunk for me.
1: Yeah. So if I had to rank Emily Henry books in my order, yeah bottom to top, it's People We Meet on Vacation, Happy yeah. Place, yeah and then Book Lovers and Beach Read are like, they like to battle it out for the top spot every day.
0: <laughs> I'm the same, but I think I would put Book Lovers over Beach Read. Beach Read. Yeah. Yeah. So, I read that
1: last week. I just—I was telling Danielle this morning. I just DNF'd Wayward by Amelia Hart.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I got to fifty-eight oh. percent, and I'm deciding to DNF it. I gave Count this it as a really,
0: it as gave read. Really, I gave this
1: a really good go. Um, and yeah. it, it's basically about this family of women and it fellow's three of them. Um, one who was accused of being a witch in the yes. 1600s one who it's like just after world war ii um and she's a teenager and one who's in her 30s escaping a very very bad relationship mm. um going to her great aunt's house who is the woman from post-world war ii that we meet so gotcha. that person has died as of 2019 and left her house to her great niece um and i love me an aesthetic character driven book yeah who but this is not it for <gasps> me it's it is going nowhere i'm like i am so not interested there it needed the biggest trigger warnings I can't believe that I cannot believe this book didn't come with any content warnings at the beginning of it. And if it's in the printed book, I'm so disappointed it didn't make it into the audiobook because it this book be. is rife with sexual assault on page assault that is horrifying. Um it is all about these women being like struck down by men in their lives, like constantly. Oh, no. And like domestic violence, like. Do domestic violence that is so like written out on the page for you that leads to a pregnancy Mm. and just like uh, and then on top of that like the big stuff just like insects and (laughs) bugs and creepy creepy carly things and I really I tried to like take it all in and just take it for what it was but I'm like I can't I can't do it I can't keep reading it it I just I cannot keep reading about these things um so that was DNF unfortunately Mm. but I am currently reading also Rage of Dragons by Evan Winter which is a phenomenal fantasy book oh my god if you liked Game of Thrones and you liked the tv show The Last Kingdom this is for you. Okay. It's about this boy named Tao who um lives in this fantasy world where dragons exist and women can be gifted um and there's sort of like two castes of people. There's the nobles who um basically breed within themselves to Ew, keep like our, a like, like our higher, higher race um and then there's the lessers, which is what Tao is and um the thing connecting them is the military uh okay. it's really important because they're they are fighting a war um okay. and there's all these different things like even though the lessers and nobles have to fight with each other in the same military they get different training they are pitted oh, against each other in the beginning of their training to show that the nobles will always outlast the lessers no. um, <laughs> That's so and funny. it's all about the like is the tide turning um there's a little bit of romance in there and it's like enough romance for me to be satisfied because I was not expecting in this high fantasy world to get that yeah and I think it's very well done the way that it's placed in the way it's unfolding um but it is it is a masterclass in combat writing
0: oh it's
1: wow. and it's so fast-paced it's like I could I can I read like a hundred pages in an hour it's like <gasps> you're constantly flipping the page to find out what happens and the way they've broken down the chapters it's like a chapter is a giant section and then the section there's section headings so each heading is like between two and five pages
0: oh love
1: so it just like it just goes it's great i'm hoping to finish today i'm really excited
0: sounds fun what are you reading good question um so i'm I actually read quite a bit since last time we did this podcast. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine books since <gasps> we last talked. So um of you. but here's the thing. I'm only gonna talk about two. <laughs> That's fine. Um, because the other ones were very mid. Um one was and I did talk about it briefly, was coached by Debbie Perry. I finished it, five star read. It was so good um it's again here's the thing me and sports romance i love me a good sports romance it's gonna be over 500 pages it's gonna be over and it's too long for most people i get it but it it is what it is the Debbie perry book um follows this it's a second chance romance so it's this couple who they weren't even a couple they were like best friends when they went to school at this university and Mm -hmm. one night she they were like best friends she had the courage to kiss him and they had this like glorious kiss and then he never contacts her again which we find out reasons for after um why that happened and then he becomes a like pro football player and she works at the university that they attended as like a associate programming like somebody in the sports department helping out with like making sure whatever whatever he yeah. gets an injury he ends up coaching for that university so they're working together um, and there's a no fraternization rule. And um, they fraternize. But he's a single dad who's got this cutie little girl who, like, is so cute. <laughs> and it's, like, it's single dad, second chance romance. The, we can't be doing this, but we're so in love. Uh, so it's just, like, a lot of fun. It's a good rom.
1: Uh,
0: and then the other sports romance that I just read on kindle limited both of those are kindle limited books uh it's called mile high it's part of the windy city Mm -hmm. trilogy by uh, lisa tom Ford, which um it's it's hockey and the second book is basketball so if you really want a gambit of Mm -hmm. all of the sports (laughs) there you go um but it's between stevie who's a flight attendant on this like charter plane for this hockey team for their nfl nfl nhl uh, season whatever uh, and there's also a no fraternization the, no, the, nobody can have any kind of relationships um, and it's a close sh- second to my NDA thing I know it is it's like a nice cousin to it uh, it's a nice cousin but this guy Xander Evan Xander I think his name is I can't remember they call each other uh, I don't know there's some nickname that they both I don't know can't remember the book was so long i read it so fast um but he keeps calling her over asking her to get things that he can get himself just to annoy her yeah and him and his best friend who are like the co-captains sit in the row the exit row Mm -hmm. whatever so they have to have that security safety briefing every time by her so it turns into this like flirty thing um and then it's like the tropes of it are like I don't know how to be loved, but I want to be loved so badly. But from both of them, which is ouchie, Mm. ouchie, a famous brother, like her brother is like this really famous uh, NBA player Mm -hmm. who is what the second book is about. It's his romance. I was going to ask. It is. Um, And yeah, there's some like weird like familial. They both have like not great families. Um, Mm. There's like Stevie is... I would say probably mid-size fluctuating to plus size. Like she talks a lot about her body without ever really saying how big her body is, which is fine. Um, But she talks about how like one of the gestures that this guy does with her um, is he buys, he sees her in public and she's wearing these like really ratty sweatpants. So he buys Mm -hmm. her sweatpants for, I think it's for Christmas or her birthday or something, but they're these designer pair and they he buys them in three different colors and like every size they come in because he doesn't know what size she is and she wants he wants her to be able to fit them and so Mm -hmm. it becomes this theme where like he's so rich that he can he's just like i don't know your size and i know your size fluctuates and you get upset when like you fit something one day and then you don't fit it the next day so he's like i'm just gonna get you all the sizes and i'm like i don't know if that's the answer but it is interesting it is interesting
1: I would like to have my own personal store so that I don't have to feel bad about the clothes in my closet.
0: And, like, there's a lot of fat phobia in the book from the mom character. Like, a lot. Mm. I was like, oh, God. Uh, but the love interest does a really good job of, like, combating that. And then she, the main character has, like, a really nice stand-up moment where she's like, "No, I like the way I look. Um, Which was great. It's a good read both of them were good reads i enjoyed both of them thoroughly i'm currently reading um hood feminism i just downloaded the audiobook for it oh I'm to read it yeah it's
1: been on my tbr for a while
0: me too and i was like i just bit the bullet i bought the audiobook i was like it's time to read it um nice. it's time it's time and i'm reading happy place too which you all know famously i'm 25 pages in <laughs>
1: <laughs> and famously that is where this episode ends <laughs> famously um, we hope you enjoyed listening to us just chat away uh, for the last little bit. Um, and we like we like doing these little casual episodes every once in a while. They're fun. We do. So we hope you like them too. Um you can go ahead and leave the spa <gasps> person emoji. Yeah on our latest instagram post to let us know that you listened you could also leave it on youtube if you're following us on youtube we are at books on the brain pod on instagram and youtube you should rate review and subscribe hit that Mm -hmm. notification bell and just let us know what you're loving about the podcast this season we are happy to be back from our break
0: you can also go ahead and
1: follow us on our personal
0: accounts i'm at deirdre rose morgan on instagram tiktok and youtube and I'm at DJ Books on TikTok, Instagram, and also Pinterest. All that was it from there. us for today.
1: <laughs> we will chat to you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.